You guys good? Can you hear me? I got my Britney mic on today. That's how you know it's about to go down. Oh, it's so good to see you guys. It's a great day to be alive, a great day to be in church. You feel good? Today is the day the Lord has made, amen? If you believe that, give somebody an air high five or a wink or a real high five. I hear a few of those and I like it. Then you may take a seat. Welcome to Red Rocks Church where we are imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. My name is Doug Weckenman. If I haven't met you, I am living proof. Pastors do not wear capes. And uh, I'd love to meet you. Anybody here for the first time today? Come on, welcome you guys. Welcome. It's a great day, by the way, to be here for the first time or to be new at all, because what we're gonna do, we're gonna have a conversation here in just a few minutes where we look back at all the ways God has been so faithful to us in this two and a half year journey of building Red Rocks Austin. We're gonna remember on purpose so that we can look ahead with new faith, believing he is able for this next season, which we are coining and proclaiming ahead of time in advance, the good old days, the season that we are about to embark on. And, and I wanna answer that question today, hopefully, of what Andy Bernard was asking at the end of the office. How do you know you're in them before you've left them? And I think I have an answer for that, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, it's gonna be good. Are you guys excited? So for the final week of Vantage Point, will you guys please welcome up uh, my two college buddies, Ryan and Ethan. And uh, just great guys. You know, why you guys the, are walking The honor here, is all yours, Doug. It's, uh, oh, E, sometimes I wish I could be you just oh. to be friends with me, man. <laughs> this is sarcasm. I hope you get hey, that. Great, um, great to see me this morning oh, for you, yeah. Doug. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna read a verse really quick, and then I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna throw it to you. This is, this is uh, we did this at the nine and, and said, I think it'd be cool just to have a little bit of an unscripted conversation. And that's not because we just had busy weeks and nobody had time to write a sermon. It's also that, but <laughs> I think there is something refreshing nowadays especially. I've noticed my generation, the thing that attracts us to church the most is authenticity and vulnerability, and sometimes just... Preparation's great. I actually think we honor God with that, but every once in a while, leaving that extra room to say, Holy Spirit, what do you wanna say? And what kind of conversation can we have? And so I thought I would read one of our foundational verses, which is Acts chapter four, verse 13. And that verse says, that says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, Peter and John, <laughs> when they, when they, and so me and you guys were they, when they, when we saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, <laughs> ordinary men. So ordinary. We were astonished and realized these, these men must know Jesus and there must be something to this Jesus because it's not these guys. And so, E, why is that the, one of our The nicest verses? thing you've ever said to us. <laughs> yeah. Ordinary is a compliment. So how did, how did you get here? How did we get here? That's my question. Great question. question. Yeah. When uh, we were at a conference once, this pastor was sharing that verse, and he said, the Greek word describing these unschooled ordinary men is the word idios. <laughs> it's true, yeah. which you can translate, and now you all know one word of Greek. Wow. And when we heard that, we were like... Don't say we're not a deep that, church. That's you us. Know, you know Greek now. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. We heard that, we're like, that's us. <laughs> We've got this. Oh, wow. 
we're invited into this story. And uh, we are somewhat unschooled and very ordinary. Um, it's kind of funny. I feel like we're reflecting on two and a half years. Somebody newer is like, you guys are all nostalgic about two and a half years of a church. But it's been a 13-year journey for us in two ways. Literally, it has been 13 years since we ran into each other in the lobby of our college ministry. And it, I count 2020 as 10 years. So it's been 13 years since we planted this church as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to reflect on. But we met uh, in that lobby all in a very formative time where we were you know, asking deeper questions about life and why we're here and what the heck is going on. Ryan was a freshman. The world was his oyster. He was just ready to go get it. Yep. Didn't know how. Um, Doug was walking through, shared a couple weeks ago, walking through a friend of his in a coma and having mm-hmm. kind of life and death questions all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I had this wake up moment in my life. And um, I think as we look back through that journey, there's just all these different vantage point moments where we saw that God bonded us and gave us a dream that was bigger than us, beyond us, but that he is looking for willing people. And so the things that we had in common at the time that bonded us, we were willing to, for a lot of things, but we were willing people, Mm -hmm. um, unschooled, ordinary, and love to throw parties, which we did. Mm -hmm. We all moved into a college house together. There was a night that we went to a football game at the University of Colorado, which our football games are, uh, yeah, (laughs) sounds about right. Okay, yes. Um, It's been a tough road for the buffs for a while. But in this game, we were about to upset Kansas, who was ranked at the time. This was a long time ago. It's been Which, like, tough any, years for Kansas. Any win at CU is a big deal. But when you're playing a ranked team yeah. and you're about to win, this is like we can't, I can't tell you, overemphasize, like, how big of a deal this was. I've if never, we, I never went during a, an over 500 season, and I've rushed the field probably yeah, 17 every, times. Every, every time win. we win, we Anytime just rush the field. Anytime we win, you just rush the field no matter who you played. <laughs> says all you need to know. Uh-huh. But we had a bunch of friends in town that went to Kansas. We're all excited. We're about to win. So we looked at each other like, hey, invite some people. Let's have a party at our house. And by the time we were at our house, our front yard, the upstairs, the downstairs, the backyard was just packed with people. Just crazy amount of people. And uh, the common bond, I think, that we found at that time, which seemed so insignificant as dumb college students, um, was that we loved gathering people and loved people having a good time in life. Mm-hmm. And maybe at that point, it was through beer pong tournaments. But the, as God grabbed hold of us, and we had these vantage point moments of being up on Flagstaff, dreaming of something beyond the normal life that was in front of us, uh, it was this bond that God drew us to go and leave kind of what we could create for ourselves and start to see what he had for us and try to invite people along the journey. And we read the Bible and it was like, yeah, you go tell people about Jesus and what he's doing in your life. So we took that literally and went and did that and led us to other countries and uh, kind of just on this journey, like, God, what do you want to do with our lives? We want more. And I remember a vantage point moment for us in Fiji doing mission work. We were delivering water filters. I know it sounds exotic, but it was. And uh, we, uh, it was, it was a joke. Um, But there was a a hurricane and a flood, kind of a really humbling time. We had walked through a couple months of being these missionary guys, and we were competitive about it, to be honest with you. It was like, oh, somebody's going to speak at this church. Like, oh, it should probably be me, because I, you know, I've read three books in the Bible, and I know. (laughs) None of us were any good at this at all, so just insane that we were competing about it. And it, it felt like... We kind of, we like had, so, we were getting to the point where we were just talking so honestly about our lives and our flaws that finally it broke. It was like God humbling us and breaking down way in advance the desire to make ministry about 
ourselves. Um, and I don't say, claim that as like, we just aren't prideful people. It was God like crushing us literally into that because it's, you know, we, it's a lot of conversation in church. The platform can become the thing. And for us, um, it became about being a team to build the kingdom when we saw that, hey, we could go do this all on our own and we'll probably plant three really unhealthy churches individually. Um, or we could, we could keep journeying together and letting God humble us and give us more vantage point moments along this way yeah. uh, with this church plant dream in us to do it together and, and try to just keep the main thing the main thing and get out of our own way. That's really good. I realized I would rather lose as a team than win by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd rather go big with my buddies and... If we go down, we go down, hopefully generously that way. But, uh, but then if we win, I mean, to do it with friends. And since the platform has become like such a weird thing, especially in 2021, what if we could sort of spread that out a little bit more to hopefully try to keep you know, the focus Jesus at the end of the day? We probably yeah. also realized that the three of us combined equals one Decent pastors. Oh, so. Man, if I went to try to plant my own church, it would be like the deepest, most spiritual church ever, and there uh -huh. would be like six people there. <laughs> you know, like it wouldn't work. Just it wouldn't be Americanos. A it would be a group for days. <laughs> yeah, dude, so much coffee. That's Ethan it. would do a two-year series called Idios. <laughs> yeah. Just preach the same sermon in a hundred four different ways. Uh, Acts 4 today, guys. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, we're aware of that. This is the one thing I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know where we're going now, but one of, one of you guys should say something. What happened I... next, Ryan? Tell us the Jeep. Oh, do the Jeep story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we get back from this trip. We um, all get jobs, different jobs, different ministry jobs in different churches, um, which was really like the best thing for us. What's funny is like we've always been the guys who have dreamed really big, dreamt big. What's the past tense of dream? Dreamt. Dreamt, dreamt really big. And uh, then we get back from this trip and we realize like we don't even know what a budget is. You know, like we have, like there's no way we're gonna be able to pull this off. I still don't, but luckily you do, so that's good. Um, but it feels like God took us to three different places because we had a lot that we had to learn um, and we also had a lot of mistakes that we, we had to make. Um, we had to try a lot of things and fail at a lot of things. Um, we laugh every time we come in here on a Sunday morning and there's people here um, because honestly, for the last 13 years, it's just been us trying things and it not working out, you know? Mm -hmm. Like we make this documentary and we're like, oh, this thing's gonna like take off and it's gonna be our whatever and then like 10 people see it. Uh, or at one point we started a blog that we thought was just gonna be like the next best thing. You remember blogs? And uh, like, like five mom. years after blogs were <laughs> yeah, relevant. I know my mom read it. I'm assuming Andy read, your mom read it. For least. a short time. Yeah. No, mom told me she never read it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah, dude. So Andy read it, though. <laughs> we got one. Thank you, Andy. Um, so, but if you're in here and maybe uh, you've been trying to get a business off the ground and it hasn't been working or trying to figure out your next step and you just feel like you're in this constant holding pattern or things are, are falling apart all, all the time. Man, just note like the, the rhythm. There's like a kingdom principle to this. It, it's really, life's really just about failing well. 
and continuing to fail and keep going and going and going. And then eventually, like as you go, God teaches you these things uh, along the way. So our story is really one of just failing really You're quoting well. Gordon Bombay from The Mighty Ducks, oh, whether no. you realize it or go, not. You go, go. You learn a heck of a lot more from losing than you do from winning. And, and right. the greatest thing ever, I, I appreciate, I guess, I do now that my vantage point is called hindsight looking back because I know there's going to be a lot of it still in the future, but we've eaten a lot of humble pie together and uh, had a lot of our own dreams like redeemed, I guess, traded for God's dreams and a lot of the pride pressed out um, by failing or whatever it's been. And uh, I mean, even like leaving for a year-long mission trip thinking we're going to change the world in a year and then realizing about Fiji, four months in, all the world has a savior, it's not us, it's Jesus, and we're gonna play whatever part we can play in the story that he's writing. Yeah, 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 so that takes us to the, the Red Jeep story in 2016, which is a huge vantage point for the three of us. Um, we always had this dream to go plant our own church, and eventually we got to the point where we said, well, it doesn't have to be our church. What if, like, what if we opened our hands and let go of even that dream? Doug had been working at Red Rocks for a couple of years, and both of us had fallen in love with the DNA of Red Rocks as well for reasons that it would be cool if you, you talk about that in a second. Um, but we realized, hey, if we went to go plant a church, 99% of what we did would just be a Red Rocks church. So what if we opened our hands and what if we got this crazy idea to, to have Doug call Sean, who's the, the lead pastor of all of Red Rocks, and just tell him that. Just say, hey, um, me and my two buddies, we, we want to go plant a church. If we planted a church, it would be so much like Red Rocks. And then just, I don't, I don't know what we like thought he was going to say in response to that. But we knew we were supposed to call him. And so, like, with everything is blaring through the, the speakers of Ethan's red Jeep and your dog Bowser's in the back, and we're just having this time. He's, he's the unsung hero the of the founding of this hero. church. The other in the fire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we're getting all fired up. We're like, Doug, you're going to call Sean as soon as we get home. And then Doug's phone vibrates. He has a text message from Sean. What we didn't know is Sean had been at a conference um, where he had been hearing about how fun ministry gets when you start empowering younger people to go multiply. And Sean just texts Doug and he says, hey, call me. And Doug calls Sean, and he spends 30 minutes pitching to Doug the exact same dream that we were about to pitch to him. It was yeah. one of the most wild moments. That yeah, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. I think we've ever had. I and pretended it, like, oh, Sean, I'll think about it. Yeah, <laughs> Trying to play it so you cool. Wanna, you want to keep the power, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the, write that down, that's point one for ministry success. It's probably some conference that'll tell you that somewhere, unfortunately, but um, yeah, Sean, I'll think about it. No, that was, uh, that was such a vantage point of, well, yeah. this is, if this isn't just the Holy Spirit knocking down every door. And, and, saying, and he said we could come. He did. So that's how you know. Hey, your buddies, you're, Peter and John. You're yeah, idios. Do you any, yes. Do you have any idios that you know? I like those guys, tell yeah. them. <laughs> they don't know much. Yeah. They're a good time. <laughs> They make me laugh, though. They entertain me. Bring those guys with. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, and if you don't know, this is, this is a small part of a much larger story called Red Rocks that God has been writing. And 15 years ago, it started in Colorado. 
and it's grown um, like a wildfire. There's a few locations there, including three uh, local prisons in Colorado, and randomly, it seems to us, a location on the other side of the world in Brussels, and now the, uh, <clears throat> the best chapter in the great country of Texas. Let's I'm go. looking at it right now, the, the Austin location. Yeah. And, um, so our dream was never to do this. Our dream was a different city, our own idea, our own name and brand and vision and all that stuff. And that's what we realized in that Jeep was, what if, uh, well, we believe in this, this dream that these friends have had for 15 years. Um, so what if, we, what if we just said, well, we can let go of this and build this if it means more people might know Jesus because of it. And uh, yeah, and that's when, and Sean texted right there, and uh, then we had to ask ourselves, okay, so what do, we, what do we do, where do we go? What kind of church do we wanna build? Because um, pastors are notorious for just these big sweeping vision statements that are so vague, and everybody feels like I can run through a wall or fight a line, but I don't know what the next five things I'm supposed to do are. Um, God's gonna wreck us, guys, we're gonna take a city, and okay, how, what, what does that mean? Um, what do you wanna build, what's the culture? And I remember 2013, my wife, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, Sam, brought me to Red Rocks for the very first time. I sat in the back row, it pretty much would have been that uh, way back there, and this was in a red barn, a campus that was a red barn in the back of a theme park in Colorado. And the pastor gets up and he's cracking jokes and singing um, Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses, and then somehow tied that into marriage and the gospel and Jesus just beautifully. And I, I realized, I realized this place takes Jesus very serious, and they don't take themselves serious at all. And I love that. And I remember calling these guys going, I found the church that has the DNA we're gonna copy. Like 99% just copy it. And so I think that played into realizing if that's true, then why don't we just build this dream, you know? And uh, maybe more people will come to know, know Jesus because of it. And, and so, but we had to answer the question, okay, what is it like, what if, get, get specific. What do you wanna build? And God gave us, uh, it was one of the very first series we ever did two and a half years ago. We called it Church by Design, and we realized, okay, 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now, our church is gonna have a culture. We're gonna, this is true for every church, organization, company, family, individual. Ten, like you will have a culture, you will have DNA. The only question is, will it happen by default or by design? And what if we can make it happen by design? What kind of church would Jesus want to design? And we realized, what if we could build a church where the doors swing wide, the roots go deep, and the reach is far? We've all been to a lot of churches that seem like they, they major in one of those, and minor, if that, in the other two. And, well, I get that, but I think for us it was, what if we could somehow major in all of those things? Wide doors, deep roots, in a, in a far reach to generate impact. And uh, even if that means, hey, we go slower. Um, we have a lot of wisdom from people who have, you know, been there, done that before us. And, um, and yeah, so unapologetically, the first part of that um, is, is wide doors. We wanna build a church with wide doors because we are all here and saved and know Jesus because a church with wide doors said, come as you are, get in here, don't clean your act up before you come and meet Jesus. Get in here right now and experience what God thinks about you. And we wanna be that, especially, man, in our city. 
where so many people are here in Austin who tried religion but not necessarily Jesus and think God's mad at them or they think God thinks A, B, and C about them. So what if, what if we had doors wide enough to get them in here to find out how wrong they actually are? Because Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, the road is narrow and the gate is small. And I used to read that and think, heaven's hard to get into and God grades on a curve. Let's know what that means. A small gate speaks to a specific way that Jesus is the truth, the life, the one and only way to the one and only God. By this name, we are, we are saved. And if that's true, then man, we gotta make our door swing as wide as possible so people can come in here and hear about the one and only way to the one and only God and meet Jesus. And that's, that's what we wanna build. We, want, like, we, we, we preach boldly about this being a front porch in the middle of Austin. And that, that goes to Luke chapter 15 and the story of the prodigal son. A lot of you know that, whether you've grown up in church or not, you might know that, where the, the younger son takes his inheritance early and he runs away and he blows all of his money on selfish living until one night where he comes to himself, he prepares a pathetic speech to go back to his dad and he doesn't even get to give the speech because the Bible says while he's still a long way off, the father is on the front porch scanning the horizons waiting for his son to come home and his son comes home and they throw a party and that's the kind of party and culture and, a, and experience we want for people every single week in here. What if we can build a front porch right smack in the middle of Austin because the word we got when we came to scout this city back in 2017, we were, we've been joking, what does it mean to scout a city? Um, that means you go to restaurants and drive around and talk to people and pray, I guess. And uh, when we came here in 2017, that was the word we got. This is a hub for prodigals of the Bible Belt who tried religion but not Jesus. Maybe, maybe are burned by the, the church or, or do's and don'ts but don't know what it means to have a relationship. So by the hundreds of thousands are moving here, desperately looking for something so what if there was a lighthouse in the city? And what if there was a front porch where the father's scanning the horizon going, come here and experience something real? And by the way, when you experience something real for the first time when salvation happens, oh, that's just, he's just getting started in your life, by the way. And so that takes us to the depth. Yeah, where the mm -hmm. roots run deep. Let me, can I read this? Mm -hmm. Speaking of roots running deep, Bible, read your Bible. Um, <laughs> So this is the, the verse that Doug read, Acts 4. Um, Jesus has gone to the cross, resurrection happens, he ascends into heaven, and then Peter, James, and all of these unschooled, ordinary human beings are looking at each other like, what do we do, right? And, and by the way, if anybody had an excuse to get the good old days mentality, it was, mm -hmm. it was them, right? Where they could go, oh, I miss the good old days where like Jesus was here in person, where like when conflict came up, Jesus handled it, you know? Like when we didn't have food, Jesus just multiplied it. That was a lot better back then. But instead of getting that mentality, they, they just realized, no, we have a job to do. There are lots of disciples that we have to make, so we, we can't get, get um, too caught up in the past. We need to face forward and keep building. Well, as they go, they face a, a lot of persecution, and um, in the story that we're reading, they just get let out of a trial, and it says this. Listen to these two verses. I think this gives us a, a cue for how we want Red Rocks Austin in 2021 to be a church where the roots run deep. On their release, Peter and John 
went back to their own people and reported that the chief priests and the elders had what, what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. So they do two things. One, they keep coming back to meet with each other. Like they understand the importance of community. And so for me, like having a full room like this is really cool. What makes me so much more excited is the fact that we have 50 groups, yeah. right? What makes me so much more excited is the fact that we have over 500 people meeting in those groups all week long, right? That we have six Discover courses that are being launched, that we're creating ways for community to happen. This room is full of people who are realizing that we can't follow Jesus on our own, that we need to be surrounded by like-minded people. Like, my goodness, it's at a point where I'll talk to some of you and you'll be like, yeah, well, I've got my Red Rocks uh, basketball game on Monday nights and then my, my Red Rocks golf league on Tuesday nights and then sign up for a Discover course on Wednesday night and then my group meets on Thursday night and then on Friday night I hang out with a bunch of Red Rocks people, you know? By the way, you uh, young parents are looking at me like, they do what? I don't even remember that world, <laughs> right? But so many of you are getting it. You're understanding the importance of, of community because where there's community, the roots are going to run deep. But the second thing they do is they cry out to God. They take their prayer life really seriously, right? And one of the things I'm most proud of about where we're at as a church is we have a whole bunch of people who are realizing, oh, this isn't just about coming to a church on a Sunday morning. This is about learning how to have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, a relationship that works just like every other relationship with a spouse or a friend or whatever. And, and what I mean by that is if you want it to be fruitful, you have to invest time into it. It's not about just getting one meal a week, you know? Like if I went to the doctor and I was like, doc, you gotta help me, I'm, I'm like really hungry all the time. And the doctor was like, well tell me like about your eating habits. And you're like, well I get one meal every Sunday morning. <laughs> the, the doctor would be like, well you need, a, you need more meals, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which is such you, a, could, you could have been a doctor, dude. I, yeah. Wow. Idios. <laughs> uh, right? And, and yet we go, well, why do I feel like so, so like dry in my, my faith? I'm going to church every Sunday morning. And we're starting to realize, no, Jesus prayed for his daily bread for a reason. It's because we have to every single day find mm -hmm. time to get alone with this book and get alone with the Holy Spirit and pray and ask God to do a unique and new work in our lives. When the three of us started figuring that out 13 years ago, things just took off. That's when all these, these dreams started taking place in our hearts and becoming a reality. And so I just love, I'm proud as a pastor that so many people in this room are starting to get that. And let me just say, shameless plug, uh, the next six weeks, we are starting a, a series that I'm so excited about called Starter Pack, where we're going back to the basics. And we are, whether you are just brand new to your faith or you've been following Jesus for years, we're gonna get back to the basics and relearn the art of prayer and studying scripture and meditating on scripture and fasting. And um, that's gonna lead all the way up to our baptism service. And so be here for the next six weeks. We have a 35-day devotional that we have for you so you can go through it in your groups and on your own yeah. every day. We want the roots to run deep in this place. And you say really quick, you say you're proud of our church. I agree, I'm also proud of you. This guy's on like a, a mission and he's so good at it of eliminating any and all reason somebody could say I'm not getting fed. It's like, well, there's, there's about a thousand avenues to do that. You just have to take them. 
we can't dive into everything right here in one hour. And, and it changed for us completely when we realized we can go out of our way to, to find this. And, and teaching people, I mean, it's that, like, how to feed themselves. You have everything you need right here, you know? Here's groups, here's Discover Courses. That's just one thing that we do here that this guy has planned and prepped along with his amazing Discover Course professor. So there's another shameless plug. Go sign up in the lobby because those start. And uh, invest into yourself because there is, we all sense and feel there's more for me. And I'm, I'm here to tell you there is. And there will always be kind of an infinite amount of more for you since we're talking about God. Um, and this is just one avenue to, to pursue that. And when you go out of your way to do that, he always meets you when we do that. And so that's Discover Courses. Check them out in the lobby. I think that talking about this three-dimensional type church, a lot of people will tell you, you can really only do one of those yeah. well. And I think if that was, if you're thinking based on a staff and a couple people, then yeah, that's probably true. But when you have a church family of people who are willing to run off that front porch and go get somebody, who are willing to bring somebody inside and sit at a table and start diving deep into something, who are willing to travel to the faraway land yeah. Uh, to reach somebody all the way out there, yeah. to send something out to those, you know, that's where I think it's possible, and we've seen it in two and a half years, that we have a church family here, not a couple pastors, but a family that wants to do all these things, and the far reach uh, is kind of where our heartbeat started. Missions was what caught us in college, and we've seen God work on the other side of the world in miraculous ways and gotten to be just, you know, spectators of him doing that, yeah. um, but well, I think what we learned early on from this early church when they just took him seriously when he said, go make disciples, ends of the earth, go everywhere. It's like, okay, let's do that. Um, is, is their heartbeat, and I, in Acts chapter four, I'm gonna read starting in 29. You guys have never even read this part. You haven't read this far in your Bibles yet. <laughs> we Verse don't know 29. begins yet. <laughs> yeah, this is breaking news to Doug and Ryan. Uh -huh. I'm nervous, man. It says now, they're praying right now. This is the church facing persecution, and this is what they pray. Now, Lord, consider their hearts and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of their own possessions. They shared everything they had, and they continued, the apostles, to testify with great power to the resurrection of Jesus." So we live in a time where I think a lot of times as a church we feel like everyone's against us, nobody wants to hear what we have to say, there's persecution, whatever you might call it, and the easy thing to pray for is safety, is comfort. They prayed for boldness, to just keep running off that porch, keep preaching the gospel. And that, I think, just caught us early on, like there is something so compelling about this, about Jesus, if his friends facing death were saying, no, give us more boldness, God. And that, that boldness looks like loving people, and laying down our rights, mm -hmm. and being willing to go out and, and be humble and sacrifice, just like Jesus. And uh, seeing that in the early church, I think for us, of just the bigger perspective and picture they had, it was so inspiring to us. And so when it came to reaching far, it was that perspective of, let this be about so much more than what's happening in the four walls of a church. We, we've ne our dream has never been to fill a room. Um, it has been to mobilize and make disciples that will reach to the other side of the world and across the street. And so I had a vantage point moment right when we were in this conversation um, talking about planning a church, what's this gonna look like, what's our DNA? I had a chance to go to the Himalayas with an organization that a bunch of you donated money towards this summer by buying books and merch. 
and got to trek in the Himalayas. Um, and the whole time I was there seeing these, you know, walking through areas of people groups that never heard of Jesus before and that desperately need somebody to get in there um, and, and tell them about Jesus. I, we finished our trek and I was laying on this giant rock um, looking up at these enormous mountains, thinking, writing in my journal, thinking about our church that we dreamed of and what this might look like. And I just prayed, I was like, God, let us build a church that reaches all the way here. Hmm. Um, that doesn't get so consumed with ourselves or what's easy or comfortable yeah. that we go to whatever lengths to get to a place like this. So this summer, a bunch of you donated money. I got a text a few days ago from my buddy who's one of the people who runs this organization. And he said, we just got the government approval for the health outpost that you all funded that's gonna be planted up in these, one of these unreached people groups, which means that a bunch of people in a remote village will have access to healthcare that they've never had before. But it also means that two health workers who are believers, who know Jesus, are going into a place where nobody's ever heard of him before. And that to me, yeah. that to me is um, two and a half years in, we're already getting to tell this story, not because of a couple idios, but because of a body of people who are saying, God, give us more boldness yeah. to just keep going. There's so much more. So make us, give us whatever, you know, uh, generosity, give us the humility, give us the authenticity, the unity as a church to see the bigger picture and run off that front porch for anybody and everybody to have doors that open wide and roots that run deep and a reach that goes far. And yes, it can be all three of those things. Wow, that's awesome. So good. Okay, so let's do this. Everybody say, why doors? Why doors? Or say, deep roots. Far reach. I just want you to remember those six words, three phrases. Those are your three majors, our three majors at this church. The things that God has placed on our hearts that is gonna happen um, by design rather than us drifting and coasting into the future and just seeing what happens. No, we very on purpose believe those three things are the heartbeat of God. And so we wanna unapologetically pursue all of them with everything that we got build a healthy church, and um, yeah, I think for me, like a personal fear I always have is like, is having a large church that is unhealthy, I, I mean that, those fears, we don't have that, but even the thought of one day, I mean that, I lose sleep over that, that idea, um, but what if it was possible, and I think that happens when you, you know, you major over here and ignore, you know, but what if it was possible to say, God, you're gonna give us everything we need to build this and to go at the right pace, grow at the right rate so that everybody is pastored and discipled and leaders are healthy. How many know healthy leaders build healthy churches and, and um, healthy things multiply and grow and how possible that actually is to, to build a healthy lighthouse, a city on the hill in the middle of, of, a, of Austin that we all love and care about so much. And, and so that, that's where the, I think a kingdom mindedness kind of comes back into play that we've been taught by our leaders back in Denver. Um, I remember one of the first meetings I ever had with, with our boss, Sean, and I sat in his office and, and he looked at me, this was before that Red Jeep conversation, and he, and he said, you're a dreamer, aren't you? And I said, yes, wow, thank you. And he said, okay, dream out loud. What, do you, what, what does God put on your heart? And I, what I thought was, nice try. I'm not gonna say that I'm dreaming of building another church one day. Um, I know guys who have been fired for doing that. And long story short, I did. And he looked at me and he said, 
he said, okay. And he didn't know at the time these dreams were gonna collide. But he said, whenever you do that, I will have your back. God will, God will be in it. And he just said, let's just kick some butt in the meantime. And he said, you remember one day when you have a young 25-year-old kid sitting in your office dreaming out loud? It never has been, nor will it ever be about Red Rocks Church or whatever the church name or logo is that you're building. This is about the kingdom of heaven. This is about building the church, capital C, at the beginning of that word, and it always will be. And so we were taught that. We moved to a city, by the way, where all the churches here uh, think that way. And it's not normal, it should be normal, it's not, but Austin just kinda has that kingdom-mindedness between churches. I moved here, and two weeks into moving here, uh, three years ago, Will Davis, he's the pastor of Austin Christian Fellowship in Hill Country, he, he texted me and called me and said, I wanna take you to breakfast, and I showed up and he said, I'm taking you under my wing, you're my guy. You're my Timothy, like I got you, you let us know what you need, and he said, you are not, you are not, um, the pastor of a church. He said, you are a pastor of the church in Austin. We are all on the same team. And, and for that reason, I mean, that's why we'll never beg you to stay here. If this is not where God is calling you, or if you feel like, man, my DNA, like I, I, I vibe with that, or God speaks to me more there. I mean, this is awesome. Like Ryan said, we're building a generous generation. We wanna see a generation of Christians in this city come alive for Jesus Christ, whether it's Austin, Red Rocks Austin, or wherever it is that you happen to be. And, and I believe that, that something is coming, and that's not my opinion, by the way. This is what I'm learning from Pastor Will and all the pastors of what he would call the first the first wave of church plants 20 to 25 years ago that have been praying for the last few decades for this wave of, of churches where they've said a wave is coming, a tsunami is heading for this city and this is, this is a kingdom thing and we just, how lucky are we to be right here getting like perfectly positioned just to, to see people come and experience God and find family and discover purpose and go make a difference and see what we can do as far as multiplication goes and bringing heaven to Austin, Texas. And so, sorry, I kind of just, okay. Well, let me ask you this really quick. Give me, each of you, give me a vantage point story of the last few years. Um, I got, I have one. Yeah. I also have and one. And then I want to hear yours. Can we wait. say it at the same time? Yep. One, okay. two, three, go. When so we anyways. first moved down. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. on a clock here, guys, so. Yeah. Uh, so we had just moved down to Austin, August of 2018. And uh, I was in a group text for a bachelor party that was happening back in Denver for a buddy of mine. And I just texted back, guys, I moved to Austin. I won't be able to make it back. Hope you have fun a guy from that group text texted me separately and said, hey, I live in Austin, I'm Chris's friend and I can't go to the bachelor party, do you wanna want have dinner that night and we'll FaceTime him and, and so I was like, Steph, this is my first Austin friend I'm gonna make. <laughs> so we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, we bonded over loving sports. You remember and what flavors you got? I'm so soft with wing flavors, I probably got mild. I know, but that's why I asked you in sure. front of hundreds cool. of people. Thanks, so you know, it just gets medium. <laughs> He's just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this powerful story of, <laughs> anyway. So I'm, I'm sitting there with this guy and I'm like, I don't know what's going on in his life, but I know that I came to Austin because Jesus loves the people of Austin and that this guy probably needs to know that. And I knew he was gonna ask me what I was doing in Austin, which is always as a pastor, a dicey question to answer because you don't know what kind of response you're gonna get. 
But I just told him and invited him to that community center that you saw Doug in in that video. Hey, we're having these pre-launch services. I'd love for you to come check it out. And he showed up, I think just because the wedding was still upcoming and he thought it'd be awkward to run into me and have not come to my little church thing I was trying to start. And he showed up and then over that pre-launch season and as our church started, I saw God moving in his life and he became one of our best leaders. His name's Brandon. Um, and it was so simple and yet it's what it's all about. It's not a room full, not about a bunch of people, about the individual people in the room. And I saw God just with a simple invitation bring this guy and bring transformation to his life and he serves here and he leads here and it's incredible that I've just gotten to be a part of a story like that. And I think those vantage point moments when you see, oh, I, we're just the idios that just give the invitation, set the table and let yeah. God do his thing and then somebody responds and you see life change, then all you want is more vantage point moments just like that. And it changes how you view everything you do and the people you go see. It's good, man. Mine is uh, in the parking lot of 24 Hour Fitness. Mm -hmm. um, when we got here, we- Just don't know the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had no idea, obviously, how to, how to plant a church. And we figured, well, we should just do like some Friday night hangouts, start there. And so our first Friday night hangout was at Mozart's Coffee, and um, which is just a spot that I love. I feel like I had to say that. I feel like I've, I've you one time kind of yeah, said something a little still, negative. I love that place. I really oh, do. Oh, yeah, we believe you. Anyways. You totally redeemed it now. Good job. <laughs> Don't lose any sleep over that, okay? <laughs> okay, so this is, again, another serious story. Um, that afternoon, a couple hours before the, the hangout, Doug and I went to 24 to, to get a workout in, and we stayed there for about an hour. And if you're thinking, that's wow, you guys worked out for an entire hour? No. We stayed there for an hour. We did one set of bench press in the entire hour. The rest of the time we were sitting on the bench looking at each other. The warm-up like, set. Like, yeah, it wasn't even. No. <laughs> looking at each other just like, what are we doing? Like, we don't know anybody here. Nobody's going to show up tonight. This is going to be so embarrassing. This isn't going to work. Like, like, why did we leave? What, what in the world is going on? You know when those thoughts start to go, they start to spiral out of control real quick. We were having that moment. Then we went out in the parking lot and um, kind of just, just had this moment where we realized, you know what? This is completely out of our control. Like, up until this point, we've been able to get by by our own whatever, our own wit. This isn't a moment where we can do that. This is out of our control. We just have to completely surrender this and trust God. And what's cool is like 25 people showed up to Mozart's that night because Kylie had a lot of friends here. Um, Sarah Hall was there that night, got to meet her and so many people who have been a part of this thing ever since. Um, and I, every time I drive past that 24-hour fitness parking lot, I always think, God, I, I never want to graduate from getting to points where I need you to come through for me. And I think maybe even there's people in this room right now who are, are on, at a point in their life where they're like, God, I, I literally, I'm taking the step of faith, but I need you to come through for me. And can I just tell you that's a future vantage point for you? And man, let's be a church that never stops taking those steps of faith and, and being the church that just says, you know what, we trust God. Yeah. And so we're gonna go for it. And, and we'll either have uh, a whole lot of success or else we'll have a whole lot of fun on our on our way down. You know what I mean? And we'll go down generous. <sighs> and so that parking lot, man, 24-hour fitness. There's a lyric to the song we're about to just kind of tag once again. I will bow down to tell you that I need you. 
Um, I will look up for there is none above you. I will bow down to tell you that I need you. And that posture right there is where you kind of just have to be when you're desperate and dependent. And I guess we just kind of want to say for the next chapter that God is about to write, we are going to take that posture or not leave that posture. We will stay bowed down because we don't stand a chance without God. Jesus, we need you. This is your church. Um, and this next chapter, guys, we're, we're so excited, and we kind of just wanted to say and christen it, I guess, the, this, is, this is the good old days, what we are embarking on right now. Um, the reason it can be so easy to always just kind of say the good old days are somewhere back in the past is because of a vantage point called hindsight, where you can now see that God was faithful. You can now see all the funny ways that he was always there and he always took care of you. And a lot of those stories mean a lot more to us when they've already happened as opposed to when we're actually living them. And that's why so many people can't really be present. We're either in the future or we're thinking about the past. And uh, and the, the, the puzzle that I held up that we, we thought we were piecing together two and a half years ago, it's funny because it's almost like we zoomed out and it just got a whole lot bigger. It got a whole lot more fun. It got a whole lot messier. It got a lot more pieces and a lot more people to piece more things together. And this is... This is gonna be the good old days. So I'll tell you what I told those 40 people three years ago, there will come a day that you miss this season. There will come a day where we tell stories about everything that God did in the season that we are about to embark on. And if you wanna be part of the 1% of people that actually live in the moment like they're in the good old days, the secret to it is faith. Faith that God is going to do what you believe he's gonna do. Faith that he's gonna take care of you. Faith that he's gonna be faithful because there will come a day we look back and see all the ways that he was. So which means we can look ahead, trusting it with faith, believing he is able, which means this is the good old days and I'm gonna be present and I'm not pressing fast forward to seeing the finished product. I am enjoying the journey with our dad as he lets us play and build a puzzle together. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, as we're wrapping up Vantage Point, these places, these moments that marked us and being nostalgic, and it's easy to see like our college days, the good old days. Going in to be youth interns and giving terrible sermons, the good old days. Traveling around the world, learning all these humbling lessons, the good old days, and working at other churches and learning the good old days. Moving to Austin in pre-launch season, the good old days. Set up and tear down at Gather, the good old days. Moving into this building, the good old days. And what I've realized as we've been talking today um, is that the good old days end when you start playing defense yeah. with your life. But that church asked for boldness way back in the beginning. That's our heartbeat as the church is bold in our yeah. faith. And as you continue to play offense and say, no, I am gonna go talk to my neighbor. No, I am gonna invite that person. No, I am gonna dive deep in my faith and I'm gonna lead a group and I'm gonna show up for worship or whatever it is, we collectively as a church family become bolder and bolder and bolder and we're able to become that multidimensional church and continue to live in the good old days all forever, the good old days forever. So that, that is my takeaway, I guess, from this whole thing, um, to keep playing offense. And I also wanna congratulate the three of us. I'm gonna say this as I'm ending my part. We made it through two services, all three of us on stage, and didn't cuss or say anything offensive enough to end our church. And I'm turning my mic off now. So and I say we just call it and invite somebody else up to close. Is how prayer. you know there's a God. Yeah, yes. let's get somebody else up. Hey, so we thought it would be fun 
to have um, our good friend Rudy come up to, to end in a, a prayer for this church. Rudy, get and, up here. Uh, for the future. Rudy's been there from the beginning. We love him. And um, Rudy, it only felt fitting that you would be the one to do this. I remember... Right. Um, I've been sitting for an hour. Two and a half years ago, we, when we were at Wells Branch Community Center, Rudy and Malama and the crew came and cooked Thanksgiving uh, dinner for the entire church. Yeah. It was still the best Thanksgiving meal I've ever had. But we were talking at, in the parking lot after, and I said, thank you so much for doing this. And he said, well, I need to do this now because in two years, I'm not going to be able to, to cook for the entire church. And we kind of just laughed about it, like, yeah, wouldn't that be crazy? And then, <laughs> then here we are. So Rudy, would you do us the honor of, of cool. praying? For our church. All right, cool. Hey, do me a favor. Stand up to your feet. Let's do this together. Yeah. I got a couple things. Okay, first of all, we're gonna do this. Let, let's make some noise. Come on, let's let's give God <laughs> some on. some praise. Let's, Father, we love you. You're so good. You're so good. Woo. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's good. good. That's good. That's good. That's <laughs> good. Uh, um. I know you all feel the same way that I do. So, Emily, come over here. Doug, Ryan. Ryan was very specific. Ethan, you too. He was very specific. He's, he gave me ins, uh, specific instructions, but I don't follow instructions well. So, so here's what we... Did so you I, say this in the meeting? Yeah. Uh, you said this in the meeting. Rudy's yeah, not going to follow a, what we... Okay, I'm a wild yeah. card. Sorry. Yeah. This is what happens. Okay. But um, this week I realized it's Pastor's Appreciation Month. Yeah, so, yeah. And um, so I had this crazy idea. So next week, we're going to have a table set up outside. So this week, if you can spend time, just write like a handwritten letter. Just, you know, how much you appreciate them, uh, how much they mean to you. It might be like two words, whatever. But just, you know, show them some love. Uh, if you want to put money or gift cards, whatever. Whatever fits in an envelope, okay? So we're just going to show them some love. And then Pastor Sam, too. Let's give her a hand. She's, she's, I think she's the only one who really works around here. But anyway, um, but so here's what we're going to do. Stretch your hands forward, okay? And we're just going to pray over our pastors. We love you guys. You guys mean so much to us. Um, we know you don't take yourselves too seriously, but we... We look forward to um, what God is going to do and what God's doing and what he's done. And So let's pray. Father, we love you. <sighs> There's nothing we can do without you, God. You're such a good God, Lord. I thank you for this church family, for the people here, Lord. It's not about the numbers. It's all about, it's all about you, Lord. And God, as we continue to express our love for you in our community and in our city, Lord, we know that it's just going to be like a wildfire, Lord. And we give you the glory for what you're going to do, God. And we're just, we're just so grateful just to be part of it, Lord. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.